The following Taisho by Shinge Roshi, Roko Sheri Shayat, was recorded at the Zen Center of Syracuse Hoenji in Syracuse, New York. These recordings are offered for free. We welcome your financial support. To contribute and for further information, please visit www.zencenterofsyracuse.org. Thank you. Blue Cliff Record, Case 12, Tozan's Masagin, Engo's Introduction, The Death-Dealing Blade, The Life-Giving Sword. They were the custom in ancient days and are still today the touchstone. In death-dealing, not a hair is harmed. In life-giving, you perish. It is said that the thousand holy ones have not preached a word on the upward route. Scholars labor at their formulas like monkeys struggling to catch the moon reflected on the waves. But say, if there is no preaching, how is it that there are so many complications, so many koans? If you have an eye to see, see the following. Main subject. A monk asked Tozan, What is Buddha? Tozan said, Masagin, three pounds of flax. Secho's verse, Time passes without hesitation. There is no gap between the question and the answer. To meet Tozan in this way never will happen again. That lame turtle is blind, wandering in the wilderness. One flower after another bursts from a spring branch. One design joins another in a beautiful brocade. Bamboo sprouts south of the river. Timber grows in the north. Officer Riku and Monk Choke, why criticize laughing or crying?
This case in the Blue Cliff record is, as many of you know, also to be found in the Gateless Gate. And must be some reason why it appears in these two principal koan collections, right? So short. What is Buddha? Masakin. Translation. Three pounds of flax. Nothing more. Toes on. He was born in 1910 and passed away in, did I say 19? No, 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 no. (laughs) Take away the first one. Nine, ten. And died in 990. Still Tang Dynasty. Although, also 20th century. 21st century. Today. Born in the northern part of China, he traveled on foot, which was the only way to travel back then, all the way to the other end of China to study with great Zen master Umon, Umon Zenji. Extreme hardship on such a journey, much like the ship voyage of Bodhidharma coming from India to China, three years on ship. If we think that this is a practice that we should be able to do comfortably, let us look back to Tozan. Let us look back to Bodhidharma, to all these ancestors, Senzaki, coming here. Not a word of English, no money, had no clue about American ways. Basically abandoned by his teacher, told, wait 17 years before you say a thing about Zen. persevered, struggle. Our three-day struggle in the Zendo are indeed just. Anyway, no comparison. And this uh, Tozan and Umon, I wanted to read to you from Nyogen Senzaki's 
commentary and his translation of Case 15, Tozan's Three Blows. In some translations, it's 60 blows, but in others, it's three blows. In any case, blows. So this is what happened when he went to Umon after this long, difficult voyage. He went to Umon, who asked him where he had come from. Tozan said, from Sato village. In what temple did you stay for the summer? The temple of Hoji, south of the lake, Tozan replied. When did you leave there? asked Umon, wondering how long Tozan would continue giving such factual replies. The 25th of August, answered Tozan. Umon said, I should give you three blows of the stick, but today I will spare you. The next day, Tozan bowed to Umon and said, Yesterday you spared me three blows of the stick. I do not know why you thought me wrong. Umon, rebuking Tozan's spiritless responses, said, You good for nothing. Other translation is, You rice bag. You just wander around from one monastery to another. Before Umon had finished speaking, Tozan was enlightened. Did you get enlightened? (laughs) Yogin Senzaki comments, when Umon asked Tozan, where did you come from? He was not asking for his last address as a policeman would. He was testing the newcomer's Zen. Tozan said, from Sato village, probably a place no more than a day's journey on foot from the monastery. This is a stupid reply. A bodhisattva travels from eternity to eternity. There is no beginning and so no ending. He comes from nowhere and goes to nowhere. Then Umon asked, In what temple did you stay for the summer? He meant, How did you polish your Zen mirror during the summer? Tozan uncomprehendedly said, The temple of Toji, south of the lake. The big fool! This was not an examination in geography. When did you leave there, continued Umon? The 25th of August, answered Tozan. Whereupon Umon declared, I should give you three blows of the stick, but today I will spare you. In other words, you're not even worth it. So this Tozan we have today. Engel's introduction, he speaks of the death-dealing blade and life-giving sword. What is this death-dealing blade? Hmm? Death-dealing blade. Hmm? 
cushion, death-dealing blade, die on the cushion, die, poison in the water. What are we killing? Ego. Ego. Or what? Delusions. The question here is, what is Buddha, right? What is Buddha? Engo speaks of Tozan's reply here when he says, the death-dealing blade. life-giving sword. What about this question, what is Buddha? Why do we need a death-dealing blade to respond to this question? Because we have a lot of concepts. Right. Right, the minute we say the word Buddha, right? Already concepts, conceptual thinking is taking over. You know, we have so many times this question from others. You know, what, what is you, why are you doing this practice? What is Buddhism? Some of you are going out into the community and teaching meditation. And sometimes there or here at a class, someone may say, well, is meditation, does it have something to do with Buddhism? And what is that? What is Buddhism? And how do we answer that question? Do definitions help? Does history lesson help? So Engel in his introduction says, the death-dealing blade When the blade strikes through completely, what's left? When the blade strikes through and you come to Doksan, what can you say? When there is no trace remaining, Indeed, it comes alive. This. When you have these moments in your zazen and there is no thing at all, when there is not an iota of thought about what you should change to make it better, or how you should improve, 
or what you should get rid of, when there isn't a single thought that remains. No strategy. Just buji, as Rinzai put it. Doing nothing. Being everything. what Buji actually is doing nothing. Therefore, everything is alive. Life-giving sword. All is vibrant and dynamic and free. Hakuin Zenji said about this statement of Engos, if you kill opinionated rationalization, there is an immediate revival. Lose your body and mind, and right then and there you are a living Buddha. Who's ready? She has her hand up. (laughs) (laughs) It's a wonderful injury, isn't it? (laughs) Almost. Hakuin Zenji's Lose your body and mind. Right then and there, you are a living Buddha. Is very much like Dogen Zenji's realization upon hearing his Chinese teacher say what? So many times I have quoted this. I'm sure someone remembers. Know the self is to forget the self? No. Drop away, body and mind. Body and mind, drop off. Drop off. When you perish, all is fully alive. Hakuin, about this, it is said that the thousand holy ones, this is actually a saying of Banzan, you realize this after you have attained the freedom to kill or to enliven. After you have attained the freedom to kill or to enliven. It is said that the thousand holy ones have not preached a word on the upward route. The 
this is what is realized. What is this upward route? What we are sitting here doing, becoming, becoming Buddha. Endless process, endless upward route. It can only be known for oneself. Scholars labor at their formulas like monkeys struggling to catch the moon reflected on the waves. Wonderful image. In the Diamond Sutra today, we heard, there was no formula by which the Tathagata realized supreme enlightenment. No matter how many analytical constructions we bring to this question, what is Buddha? We are just like monkeys struggling to catch the moon. Reflected. Reflection of the moon of enlightenment. Struggling to catch the reflection. Missing it entirely. Tenkei Zenji said, if you have an eye to see, What about this? What about all these complicated koans? What about this koan? It doesn't seem so complicated. Just a few words. What is Buddha? Three pounds of flax. If you have an eye to see, observe, he said. Observe what happens in this koan, which is not in the words at all. Very few words. Yogin Senzaki's commentary on this koan. A monk asked Tozan, What is Buddha? Tozan said, Three pounds of flax. Tozan lived in a locality where people cultivated flax. The soft fibers from flax plants were sold as the raw material from which linen was woven. Tozan's work was similar to that of the people around him. He raised flax plants and turned the fibers into filaments. His labor was his zen, and his zen was his labor. When the monk came to him and asked, What is Buddha? He was asking about the true body of Buddha, Buddha Kaya, which fills the world. He reasoned that Buddha, in that sense, must be superior to a mere object of worship, but he could not see it clearly as yet. Tozan was weighing flax at the time. Reading the number on the scale, he said, three pounds of flax. Continuing his work, he piled up one bundle after another. This was expressing Buddhakaya actively instead of in the quiet sitting position. If the questioner failed to realize the truth at that moment, he must have been deaf and blind. It is not necessary to cultivate flax to live in Zen. No matter what your everyday task may be, it will turn into Zen 
if you quit looking at it from a dualistic attitude. Just do one thing at a time and do it sincerely and faithfully as if it were your last task in this world. Such a wonderful saying from Nyogen Senzaki. Just do one thing at a time and do it sincerely and faithfully as if it were your last task in this world. What is it that we are doing that we think we are going to do something later? Right? This is really our last task. Whatever we are doing is our last task. It's our last task in the world to do whatever it is we're doing as if. To do whatever it is we are doing knowing that it is the last time. Makes all the difference in the world. Maybe Years and years and years ago, you may remember thinking to yourself, what is Buddha? Does anyone remember that? Coming upon the word Buddha for the first time? What is, what is Buddha? Nowadays, we are too sophisticated to ask this question. What is Buddha? Umon, same teacher of Tozan, Umon Zenji, replied to this question. Remember? Anybody? What did Umon say? Kanjiketsu. Kanjiketsu. Which means? Shit-wiping stick. Shit-wiping stick. Or, as Soen Roshi updated it, a piece of toilet paper. (laughs) What is Buddha? piece of toilet paper. What is Buddha? Masakin. It takes a two-year-old to really get it. Little Ray Burnett. I, a Buddha. I, a Buddha just sitting still and waking up. So natural. Nothing to it. And we all have some very deep yearning to, we cannot really say recover this natural state, but to renew our natural state of Buddha. I, Buddha. Natural understanding. Once we give an answer, if someone asks us, and we give an answer based on rationalization, it gets put in that lockbox we talked about yesterday. It gets stifled or 
It gets projected onto some big screen, some image of something distant, remote, preferable. Hakuin Zenji's Song of Zazen, we chanted today twice, once incomprehensibly, once incomprehensibly. More likely, the first time in Japanese, we got it, much more so, because words As Tenke said, observe what happens in this koan, which is not in the words at all. We hear sentient beings are primarily all Buddha. We hear the kingdom of heaven is within you. And what? What? Well, first it's like, yeah, and then it's like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The yeah, the yeah is that unsophisticated identification and then what happens when we talk about what is Buddha from a historical perspective can be helpful if someone asks what is Buddha who was Buddha to say he sat and sat and sat, woke up and realized his true nature. And then after a month or so of digging, digging, digging even more deeply, was ready to go out and walked into village. And people were dazzled by this figure. Wow. And as the story goes... One asked, are you God? Another, he said, no. Another one, are you an angel? No. Well, what are you? I'm awake. It's a wonderful way to say what is Buddha. But still, still. It's a story, still subject to all kinds of conceptualization. Must be that historical figure that woke up. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be this dog. So we hear this. All beings are Buddha. Huh. 
We know the definitions. We know the stories. And still, what do we do? We seek it far away, right? We seek it far away. What a pity. Just heard this. Much of our zazen is seeking it far away. Anywhere but here, right? How many times in the past moment have we been here? Even as I speak, going elsewhere, circling around, wallowing in our various stories and constructions, commentaries on our internal monologues. Holding forth. You ever find yourself holding forth? Holding forth. Preaching one's point of view ad nauseum called zazen. Pema Chodron, who is a wonderful Tibetan teacher, Vajrayana teacher, disciple of Trungpa Rinpoche, wrote a book called Start Where You Are. I'm sure most of you have read it. It's a really good book. Start Where You Are. But from Rinzai Zen point of view, stop where you are. Right here, stop. You can say this to yourself. Right in the middle of sitting, out loud. I won't mind. We all need to hear it. Stop where you are. And it will be relevant for the entire (laughs) world. (laughs) Master Rinzai said virtuous monks the corporeal body composed of the four elements is impermanent we all know this we all know this but how few of us really know this your spleen stomach liver and gallbladder also your hair nails and teeth all are only manifestations of emptiness The place where your mind can rest is called Bodhi Tree. This yearning for the mind to be at rest. Eka said to Bodhidharma, please, I beg you, put my mind at rest. And then Master Rinzai continues, the place where your mind cannot rest is called avidya tree. Avidya has no dwelling place. Avidya is beginningless and endless. If you cannot stop the moment-to-moment activity of your mind, you are climbing the tree of avidya, entering the six paths of existence and four modes of birth. If, on the other hand, 
You can stop it. Your very being is the pure body. Buddha itself. If a single intention doesn't arise, you climb the Bodhi tree, transform freely in the three realms, and appear at will. You will rejoice in the Dharma, delight in samadhi, and illuminate your body. Followers of the way, you resolute students, what more is there for you to doubt? The brisk activity going on in front of your eyes. Who is it? Grasp and use it, but never get attached to its name. This is called the profound principle. Grasp and use it, but never get attached to its name. What is Buddha? Grasp and use it. Tozan said, Masagin, three pounds of flax. Such a simple little koan. And indeed, this koan really stops us in our tracks. No gap between the question and Tozan's unpremeditated response. Immediate. What does it mean to hear Omasagin means three pounds of flax? Very helpful. Now you understand what is Buddha? good. I struggled with this koan a lot and I was looking at my journal the other day and so many times going into the Doksan room with this masagin and no, I just couldn't get it. What is Buddha? I kept thinking, okay, how do I express that? How do I express my own Buddha mind spontaneously and fully? How can I do what Tozan did in my own way? Isn't this what we struggle with in koan in our life? So I presented many answers, none of which were accepted. And then I wrote, I wouldn't have accepted any of these answers from my students. Why I offered them, I don't know. Self-destructive, maybe, which is a good thing. <laughs> At that time, Ada Roshi was talking in a Teisho about Genpo Roshi, his Dharma grandfather. And Genpo Roshi's teaching of being all right, just as we are with no strain, just to be. Be lazy, okay. Be hesitating, okay. Be filled with trepidation, okay. Be worried about feeling sick, okay. Be unsure if you can sit through, better get a chair, okay. Gempo Roshi didn't say that, but anyway. <laughs> and Ada Roshi said that 
as he has gotten older himself, he has taken the word strive out of his lexicon. Rinzai said, followers of the way, as to Buddha Dharma, as to Buddha Dharma, no artificial effort is necessary. Just be natural. Don't strive. And yet, we have session atmosphere. We have this feeling of urgency, right? Yes. And yet, striving to get something, which is different from great effort, all right? Striving to get some result, to attain some better state of mind that we call in our conceptualizing Buddha. Biggest impediment, so Genpo Roshi said, just purify your karma. That's all. Just purify your karma. Don't strive. Don't think, I must become the Buddha that they tell me I am. Just purify your karma. How do you purify your karma? Breathe. Hmm? Breathe. Breathing is wonderful. How else? Let it go. Hmm? Let it go. How do we let it go? Sounds good. Acknowledge it. Hmm? Acknowledge it. Acknowledgement is very important. Before we can let it go, we have to say, all the evil karma ever committed by me since of all. Right? We have to acknowledge our evil karma. We have to really say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not just, oh yeah, well, that was yesterday. Today is a new day. But really acknowledge. I messed up. Can't just let it go. Otherwise, condemned to repeat it. To really purify means to really face it. Thoroughly face it. Let it teach us. Our best teacher is our own evil karma. There is no other teacher. There is no Zen teacher but that. Our own messed up bundles of whatever you want to call it. So, anyway, many, many days of Masagin, trying this and trying that, terrible sittings, wonderful sittings, the worse the Dogsan, the better the Zazen. Great training in humility. And finally I said, well, now what? I'm at my wit's end. 
a good place to be. And thinking still, well, I can't seem to get the answer. What does he want me to say? <laughs> this is really the crux of the problem, thinking, oh, someone wants me to say something, right? What do I want to say? Here's the real masakin. It's not a matter of trying to figure it out, of course. It's not a matter of trying to be like Tozan. It's not a matter of finding an equivalent, right? Not a matter of manifesting Buddha as three pounds of flax. That wasn't what he was doing at all. So, at the end of that session, I wrote, I'm befuddled and exhausted. If you ever wonder, what is a Zen teacher? Befuddled and exhausted. Really, we have to be so otherwise... Without this kind of struggle, we cannot taste for ourselves. And then I complain, maybe this will help you too. These late sits with no kin in, over an hour on the last sit of the night, Jesus. <laughs> then I said, I think I'll, sh- I'll just quit this business. Then I said, so what should I do with the rest of my life? <laughs> Later I wrote, ha ha. It's no laughing matter. Ah, yes, it is. Secho's verse. Time passes. The sun comes up. The sun goes down. The moon rises. The moon sets. Without hesitation. If you hesitate, you miss it. Moment in your mind, just one moment of hesitation. Miss it. There is no gap between question and answer. No gap in Tozan's response. This indeed is true meaning of Buddha, right? No gap. Wake one. Not even a hair's breadth of gap. To meet Tozan in this way never will happen again. As we said yesterday, 
unrepeatable. Buddha, Tozan, Masakin. That lame turtle is blind wandering in the wilderness. This is, of course, the way we are always making assumptions, trying to figure it out, having views, all of which keeps us from seeing what is here. What is here? What is here? One flower after another bursts from a spring branch. Indeed, it's been so remarkable, hasn't it? Watching each flower right under our eyes just open, open. Each time I walk up the ramp, another daffodil is blooming. Every time Kinin goes into the woods, there are more violets blooming. One design joins another in a beautiful brocade. What is Buddha? This ever weaving, weaving brocade. Bamboo sprouts south of the river. Timber grows in the north. All is found here in this one. These poetic descriptions, tozans, direct response. Officer Riku and Monk Choke, why criticize laughing or crying? And Nyogen Senzaki comment about that last two lines of the verse explains for us when Nansen passed away one of his lay disciples officer Riku approached the coffin and laughed the attending monk reprimanded him severely for his impolite manner the officer said what should I do the monk could not answer Then the officer wept for a while. Right? Goes over to the coffin. (laughs) No, no, no. You shouldn't do that. What should I do? No answer. (sighs) When Cholke heard about this anecdote, he said, Laughter is good. Why cry? Each action is correct at the moment if there is no gap. So we think, oh, this is what's proper. This is what should be. No, no. Each is correct if there is no gap.
in our zazen, the more we sit, the more things begin to fall away, the more our sense of what's right and what's wrong dissolves, the more our sense of propriety, what others might be thinking of me, becomes ridiculous. What a thing to labor under. When sad cry, no problem. When death seems somehow to bring up laughter, laugh, no problem. Appropriate. What you are feeling now is exactly right. Many of you know the haiku poet Isa. And after his seven-year-old daughter died of smallpox, he wrote, I knew that tears were useless, that water under the bridge never returns, that scattered flowers are gone forever, And yet nothing I could do would cut the bonds of human love. Then he wrote this haiku. This world of dew is only the world of dew. And yet, 